Today is November 17th, 2020. This is episode 82 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine and specifically the results that were announced yesterday from their preliminary results from their phase three trial. Uh, We talked earlier this week about the differences between the various vaccine candidates that are being developed right now and specifically that are being tested right now um, and talking about them needing to be very cold, specifically the Pfizer vaccine um, needing to be very cold and how that was based on an assumption. Um, Yeah, we've been talking a lot this week about vaccines and it sounds like it sounds like we might start seeing doses rolling out more widely in the US now, like this month or December. And basically early next year, it sounds like we will start seeing more widespread use um, for essential workers and people in long-term care homes and more vulnerable people. And that's just awesome news. But today, what I specifically want to focus on is the news about the Moderna vaccine, which has also reported early results of phase three and basically shows that this vaccine is potentially even more effective at preventing severe illness or preventing really infection um, than, than even the Pfizer vaccine is, which, which would be great. Um, the more vaccines we can have that prevent more disease, the better. Um, it's, yeah, so let's, let's dive right into this. So um, basically, they, they did an analysis of a, bun- a little cl- a cluster of cases that tested positive um, after receiving a vaccine, and this is a com- this is um this was a trial that was done on thirty thousand volunteers. So half of the volunteers received a placebo of the vaccine, and half of them received the vaccine itself. Um, my understanding is based on how double blind trials work that this would they would not be told whether they received a placebo and or um or the actual vaccine, and that they their instructions would be play it like you didn't get the vaccine because you might not have. We don't know whether you did or not. Um, but if you get it, if you get the vaccine, if you get if you got the vaccine and then get the disease, hopefully it will make it better. And what they found was that out of the uh, it was something like 115 people that got sick, I believe, um, with the with the um, with the placebo out of the 15,000. And 11 of those developed severe illnesses. And so around 10%, like similar to what we've, what we've been seeing around the world. And um, so that's the, that's the placebo group. And out of the, um, out of the regular, the test group, they found that only five people got um, sick and none of them got severe illnesses. And that's just, the, the weird thing about this for me is that every time I read these results, they're such small um, groups of numbers but I have to put in context that, um, first of all, they only gave 15,000 doses of vaccine in, in the, into each of the two groups. And everyone is still like most places are still being pretty responsible. There's also the fact that um, you're not necessarily getting a random sampling of, um, of the populace. You might be getting a large sampling of various demographics. And I think that, that these vaccine um Developers would have gone out of their way to ensure that they had a broad swath of um, demographics, but you're not necessarily getting everybody. Um, for example, anti-vaxxers are not going to be represented in a vaccine trial group. And I also think that there's it's more than likely that somebody who would be signing up for a trial to get a vaccine 
would tend to be more careful than average. Maybe that's a bad assumption, but I suspect that people who are not being careful about a global pandemic will will not be somebody who is like, oh yeah, definitely sign me up for this vaccine. Like I really, I need it. Um, if you think you need it, it's probably because you are worried about the vaccine. And so it's hard to really put any like too much stock base in that, but this, these results seem really good. Um, and they are by far the best. So this, the statistics they put out based on um, what I just told you is that it's basically more than 94, less than 95% effective. I think you can round up to 95 um, percent effective based on those the statistics of people who got sick uh, with on the placebo versus people who got sick on the vaccine and yeah the the cool thing which we hadn't seen from any other vaccine is that it also the vaccine was also was likely to prevent severe infections and and the idea here is the other vaccines really just gave give you antibodies but they were they were seemed less likely to give you um to make you less likely to develop a severe infection. And these are really interesting, cool new vaccines. The Moderna one specifically, um, in this case, I'll talk about. Um, it's an mRNA vaccine, which means that it there's no, they don't make it with live virus that's been deactivated. They actually build a piece of RNA that encodes for antibodies that prevent against the spike protein. Um, which is on the coronavirus, which is how it transmits. And it's, yeah, it's really, really exciting news. And I'm very, very happy that this is that this is happening as quickly as it is. Um, there was always a high probability, even though vaccine development has historically taken, uh, you know, potentially like a decade, <laughs> um, our ability to build vaccines at a high speed has been developing at a high speed since the last time we felt we needed one. And we've been getting really good at, at picking up new strains and developing new vaccines um, because we build them every year for the flu. We build a, a package of flu vaccines. The interesting thing here is that, yes, we poured a bunch of money into this research, um, but it was at a time when otherwise a lot of countries are going through either a lot of austerity, so cutting spending, um, in order to preserve the economy as much as they could, in order to preserve their budgets, or just going crazy with spending and basically supporting the economy through this rough time. And I, I would be really curious to see if we were able to put this all this virus investment once we have a vaccine, once things are more normal, um, and once it's just a matter of kind of distributing the, the vaccine, whether it would make sense to look for... Um, some kind of but like to to turn this research on rhinoviruses and adenoviruses and other kinds of um things that cause the cold not that we really need the cold fixed like not that we need a vaccine for it necessarily and it does evolve a lot more quickly it kind of iterates and changes slightly a lot more quickly but if we could find some way with a vaccine to target that family of viruses as a whole rather than one specific one with this mrna um aspect I think that would be really like if we could do that in a year, even if even if it wasn't a year, even if it was like two or three years, if we could turn the research that's been done now on a set of viruses that are less deadly, but are still like general annoyances among all the population, like the flu, the flu is deadly. It does kill people, but it kills so few people compared compared to these pandemic situations that we're talking about that when the flu comes out, unless it's a specific 
kind of a specifically virulent kind of flu, like not a seasonal flu, but like a swine flu or avian flu. Um, we don't really change our behavior as a as an world. Like when this when swine flu came out, that had millions of cases around the world too. But because it killed so few people relative to what the coronavirus is doing, and because it transmitted so differently. Um, we didn't really in Canada, we didn't notice any effects. It was like, oh yeah, the swine flu's out there, like wash your hands and you know, all that hygiene stuff. But we weren't wearing masks, we weren't restricting travel, we weren't doing any of that stuff. And so it's interesting that um we do we do research and development for the flu vaccine. We're now doing it for this pandemic, which is very obvious and, and a good thing. And but we don't do any kind of research with any seriousness that we hear about in the news or anything on cold viruses. And so I'd be really curious to see if all these these epidemiologists and researchers are able to turn their attention to the cold once this has been done. Uh, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. And it'd be kind of cool if that that did end up happening. So um, the last thing we don't know about this vaccine it, or any of the vaccines really is how long they protect you for if if it will build up immunity to the virus that will allow you um, to, first of all, not get a severe case now, which would be great, but will not allow if it will block you from getting a severe case a year from now or two years from now, or if the viruses will mutate or if your um, cells, memories, the T cells and immune cells will forget or, you know, all these kinds of factors, whether that will mean that the the vaccine is long lasting or whether we'll need kind of boosters for it as this pandemic continues to you know probably slowly circle the globe and burn through uh, more people more often obviously in addition to a vaccine there will be more and more therapies developed to um, help protect everybody the other thing we're not sure about is whether you are um, whether you're blocked once you once you have had the vaccine if you are immune if you don't get severe cases whether you're still capable of having viral load inside your body, even if they're not having severe cases, and whether that means you can still transmit the virus. So if you go and shake person A's hand, you're vaccinated, they're not. Go shake person A's hand and then take that hand and go shake person B's hand who is um, who's not infected, but also not immune, um, whether you can give the, the virus from person A to person B. And we don't really know that yet. And we don't know exactly how well... Um, we don't know exactly how well the vaccine works on older people compared to younger people because there's a there's a broad range. Um, yeah, but it doesn't really. Um, yeah, there's a report from Moderna that of the 95 positive cases, uh, 115 were in people over 65. But it doesn't say whether those were people that got the vaccine or people who didn't get the vaccine. And so it's it's definitely interesting um, how this research is being done. But, you know. Um, one of the biggest things that come out of this trial for me is the fact that this, this um, although we talked to two days ago about um, the Pfizer vaccine probably not needing to be very cold, um, knowing that the Moderna one doesn't need to be very cold, it can actually be, it can survive for days at fridge temperature, it can survive um, in a freezer, just an ordinary freezer for six months. And that's definitely, all of that together is going to make it much, much easier at the current moment until something changes with the Pfizer vaccine, if and until something changes. Um, whether you like which vaccine will kind of get more promotion and and what's really encouraging here and i'll wrap up um, once i say this is that the when the moderna news came out yesterday 
the CEO or whoever it was of Pfizer, one of the chiefs at Pfizer came out and said, this is great. We're all in this together. We are pulling for whatever vaccine gets us out of this because this is not clearly there is more lucrative research than vaccine research. This vaccine is going to be paid for by governments, which means you're not going to be making bank on a vaccine. Everybody, the researchers, the executives, everybody. I mean, yes, there is a certain PR angle to being the company that came up with the vaccine that that saved us from this pandemic. But honestly, um, it's people are doing this because they, people want the world to be normal again. That's why vaccine researchers do research on these vaccines. That's why these companies are investing all this money and getting government grants to be able to do this. Um, it's not out of profit seeking because there's not going to be a huge amount of profit. It is wanting to solve this and wanting to do their best. And, you know, like I said, PR, um, but that's surely secondary. You have to be a psychopath in order to think, oh, yeah, I'm doing vaccine research for the PR of my company. Um, so I'm going to leave it there with that hilarious thought that surely some CEO of some um, biotech company is a psychopath. Um, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.